Hello and welcome to the Game Podcast. My name is Mike Marinas. I'm your host here at the Game SA Podcast. Um, today, very, very lucky to have on the line Dr. Tanusha Ramden. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. And you, Mike, thank you for the invitation. It's only a pleasure. Always lovely to chat to you. Now, Doc Ramden comes from uh, Charlotte McKeke Hospital. She is uh, involved with neonatology. Um, and uh, tonight we're going to talk about infections. Um, because, of course, we have, uh, we have a huge raging one going on at the moment with this COVID-19 uh, what is your take on, on, on what's happening with COVID at the moment, Doc? So there's, there's lots of panic and chaos happening. At the moment, I'm quarantined myself because I've just got back from one of the EU countries. Wow. And um, I'm self-isolating for 14 days. And it's more to protect. It's not to protect myself, but more so to protect other people, and especially our elderly population, because they are high risk for getting severe infection, and 3.5% of them are at risk of dying. So um, I, I wouldn't want to anybody at risk. So that's why there's such, the president has taken such drastic measures um, to prohibit um, further entry into the country from high-risk countries, as well as, um, I mean, uh, trying to limit movement. Mm. Not only um, in public places, but in general, you know. So it's just trying to contain the virus at the moment. I mean, majority of people will get mild disease, and um, that's around more than half, so about 56% of the population will get mild disease. Um, About 10% might get um, more severe disease, but that's more your immunocompromised, especially your elderly. And people that um, has various underlying cancer conditions or on immunosuppressive drugs or autoimmune diseases, those are the people that are actually at high risk and should take extra precaution staying away from the public at the moment. Yeah, these people with the comorbidities, it's, uh, it's, it's quite something. It's, I've, I don't think... Uh, I mean, even just talking with my folks, and the, this is something that's unprecedented um, just in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the first of the kind, well, in, definitely in my generation, yeah. the last I heard of, of a pandemic like this is probably the plague or something. Sure, sure. Something to this kind of level. Yeah. It's intense. And I think, uh, you know, seeing that we're on we're on the game podcast, one of the things we're definitely going to focus on here tonight is we're going to talk about uh, the effect of mental health uh, that something like this has. So one of the things I'd really like to start off with is just talking about what kind of effect does does this kind of infection have on a family unit? So um, I'm going to start with probably the common stresses for parents Mm -hmm. and it's worrying about your child becoming sick. Um, It's also this guilt related to your child if they become sick. Um, And it's also, it doesn't only disrupt the child um, sort of daily activities, but entire family unit gets disrupted. Mm -hmm. And then the parent itself has to balance the demands of work, 
um, attending um, if the child is admitted into hospital, um, you know, um, subsequent medical appointments for checkups. Uh, they also, um, you know, I mean, one child is one thing looking after that child, but many families have more than one child. So paying attention to one child that has a, has the infection, um, you know, lumbar time with other children. Um, a mother's more, they tend to be more protective. So they also they feel they're spending less time with their partner. Sure. There's less interaction, recreational and social activities. Um, your, your own, the parent's own mental health becomes affected. And um, this a family, I mean, if we're talking about coronavirus, I mean, they become isolated because now, uh, I mean, they self-isolate an entire family. Mm. So they are limited um, with interacting with other family members as well as the community. And like I think we've mentioned earlier, there's huge financial uh, implications as well. Family, uh, your financial and um, health concerns for your other family members now sure. within your immediate family. Sure, I mean, there's a, there's a whole host of people that, and it's wonderful that people get to work remotely. And I do think it's a, it's it's a wonderful uh, kind of almost a push for all of us to first of all increase our hygiene. And second of all, realize that we can actually work from home, which actually opens up things for a lot of disabled people as well. You know, people that can't move around as, as, as easily, that they can actually work for companies just as well as everybody else. But there is the disease and then there's the dis-ease of people who are going to become horribly financially strapped by these kind of things. No, no, ab- absolutely. I mean, my, myself, it's not personal experience. I'm sitting at home. But um, sitting at home and I'm still able to um, do a lot. I've been doing lots of work. I've been developing protocols, um, working on this new coronavirus guidelines for neonates. So there's lots of opportunity for finding a place mm. when you, um, uh, you, you can't go out, you know. So you, although you're limited, there is still a chance to do other stuff at home. Yeah, I think absolutely. Um, and one of, one of the things we've been we've been looking at doing is just with we've been I was speaking with a couple of colleagues and looking at, you know, you've got now people that are in isolation and trying via the channel of social media just to keep up with them, just to be able to give as much value as we can to these people. Um, you know, we can't be there with them, but but it's always to try and, as you say, find your place. Exactly, is to try and still keep your place in society as, a, as, as part of the support structure. Absolutely. So I think um, it's very, like, uh, I mean, uh, again, from personal experience, people just phoning you, checking up when you're um, doing WhatsApp, uh, face calls, um, your Skype calls. Um, so you don't feel so isolated, mm. you know. But but in, in saying that, also it can be very daunting, because now you're sitting here and you're listening to all the media. The media can be very oh. uh, rough, you know. Uh, I've had to move my Facebook app to the back of my phone. I can't anymore. <laughs> I can't. I'll go mad because because the one thing says. Oh, we're looking at this thing as a possible cure. Then the next guy says, well, you know, I worked on the rotavirus vaccine and that took 25 years. 
And then the next person says it's a complete disaster. And then the other one says, no, it's just this. So it's this, this cognitive dissonance that I think people have to go through is massive. So you have to self out the real information or the, the proper and true information versus the fake or the, um, the hype. hype. The hype. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you need to filter. You need to absolutely try and filter the information you're getting in is the proper information versus all the nonsense at the mm. moment. Yeah. Because it will make you crazy. I mean, I was listening to, um, I forget the guy's name now. He was on, he was on 702 today. Uh, one, one of the docs that's really involved and he was saying, you know, look, the, the we, we have this 150 cases currently. Um, but, yes. but, but no one's on a ventilator as no. yet. Um, no. you know, uh, those 150 people are relatively doing quite well. Um, so it's, uh, you know, you listen to that and you kind of go, Oh, okay. Uh, you know, and then you read the something else. Exactly. Exactly. You get to actually have another half an hour where you go, Oh, it's almost like things are back to normal again, you know? And then it's, and then it starts up again with looking at other media stuff. So I can just give you some perspective. Mm, um, please. So, yeah. So, I mean, we've had no deaths thus far in South Africa. Mm-hmm. And um, we have identified six children, and all of them has had mild symptoms. So somehow in children, um, they have some immune uh, response that's a bit protective versus your, um, uh, you know, um, teenagers mm. or um, adult population. Mm. So children are relatively being spared at the moment. And again, to put a little bit more perspective into it more people has died from the influenza um versus the coronavirus so this also i think there's a lot of um uh, panic at the moment it it is real the panic i don't say it is i mean you need to try and hand hygiene um if you are sick try and avoid going out and spreading it but um, the reality is that more people have died from severe influenza mm. infection, HIV, TB versus your um, coronavirus. Very interesting. It's also interesting to see what different uh, directions the different countries take. Like with the UK no, no. Le- looking to try and burn through, you know. So uh, I think, um, like, for instance... What some of the EU countries, um, like for instance, I was in Athens at the moment, mm-hmm. and soon as as soon as they got um, feedback that there was three people that came back pos- tested positive for the COVID nineteen virus, they started shutting down schools, closing shops, um, you know, coffee shops and stuff, because they felt that Italy was a bit slow in responding when. It started, and and then they had a full blown outbreak. Yeah, and the same for Spain. Mm. So I think that was the stand for some UK. I mean, sorry, some EU countries being a bit more drastic and took a quicker response um, versus, like, um, they, I think they worried about the escalating cases and deaths in um, Italy and Spain at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's it's very interesting though that there's I think there's there's going to be a whole other population which is almost going to be taken out on the financial side. <laughs> you know, 
it's 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 amazing because you just think of of taking of taking that much of the economy and and bringing it down. But then again, if you do it quickly, like you know, I'm not a massive obviously a massive Trump fan, but he's got this this V idea where it gets very bad very fast, and then the uptake is very fast as well. Yeah, but for some reason, the dollar is still strong. Strong, well, killing and, us, eh? No, it's 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 we are dying out there. The rand is sitting, I think, at eighteen rand or something to the dollar. Oh, it's crazy! It's absolutely crazy. Okay, I tell you what, let's have a chat quickly about trying to—I mean, trying to protect our children's mental health in this kind of scenario. You know, the parents are really stressed out. What kind of steps can we take to make sure that our kids move through this without getting too scathed? Okay, so um, it's my my field is more babies, but I've looked at this extensively, and I mean it's just to identify. Um, you know, I think the biggest worry is when a child is dealing dealing with some medical stress, hmm. it becomes they develop this abnormal thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And it's uh, a parent needs to actually decide what is normal and what, when is it time to seek professional help. Um, and children has um, th- there's some differences with their, the typical coping mechanisms, and then there's extreme um, coping mechanisms or not coping me- mechanisms, but behaviors that actually you need to. It's time you need to consult a medical profession. Um, I think few of the signs, the early signs is when you need to decide whether your child is like sad and is sad because they've been diagnosed with a new infection and they're undergoing treatment and they've been hospitalized, which is all normal, Mm -hmm. but they still connect with family and friends and they're joyful and they have hope versus a depressed child, you know, that's um, irritable, um, tearful, withdrawn and isolated and they just lost interest in doing their daily activities mm. and then you also need to look off the signs where a child is um, obviously very anxious and they're unable to do like if you have, they have to undergo a chest x-ray and um, they don't want to do it despite you trying to reassure them and calm them mm. um, they're having sleeping problems they're having nightmares um they're behaving inappropriately, they're very restless. Those are all probably early signs that the child is very anxious. And besides depression and anxiety, you also have to look out for, I mean, at the moment the schools are closed and then unable, so I mean, if they were attending school, if there's big changes in grades or suddenly avoiding school or hmm. um, refusing to go to school, if they become withdrawn from their friends, if there's in the home environment, if there's increased arguing with family members or they become withdrawn, as well as um, around the actual medical um, uh, scenario is the, the fear of where there's... An, um, if they might supposed to be taking medication and there's just inappropriate, like they refuse to take the medication, you need to start worrying, you know, something is definitely going on. And maybe a psychopediatric psychopath how to intervene. They have a completely different perspective 
um, in dealing with the the mental sort of sort of issues around a child um, when they're sick. So mm. not only acute sick, but chronically sick as well. And chronically ill illness. So an infection normally. The period is a, a couple of uh, weeks. They'll be sick. Um, they receive their treatment. They get better, and they back to normal. Yeah. Versus a, a more chronic condition, and this is where you might get a child having all these symptoms, and and appropriate um, if they're having anxiety, depression, um, you know, early warning signs about their school grades. Um, free, uh, you know, uh, becoming withdrawn and not interacting with the family or friends. I think it's worth getting a psychologist to step in mm. and assist. Parent is doing anything wrong, but sometimes um, you need a child needs to see things from a different perspective or get what they feeling to a different person. Yeah, yeah, I get you. I get you. There's so much involved with it. Eh? It's such a, there's so many, uh, so many different factors involved there and so many different things that you actually have to look out for to make sure that these young people are actually doing okay through a stress like this. I think we, we easily forget about um, their feelings mm. or thought process. to just want them to get their treatment, have their procedures and get better. Yeah. But um, especially in older children, they have all their own thoughts and feelings going on in their head all the time. Yeah. You know, so I think um, sometimes you have to get a professional to deal with these um, uh, sort of behavior problems. Mm. I agree with you. I agree completely. Um, an, an, an interesting thing that we were talking about um, off air just now was how children uh, are, are being relatively spared. What, what exactly is happening with that? So um, they talk about the virus actually attaches to a receptor in the lungs. It's called an ACE receptor. And um, it, in children, it's relatively those receptors are not developed as yet. So makes the virus unable or less able to grab onto those receptors. Mm -hmm. So makes them less likely, even if they do get sick, there's less viral load. And also, they have immunity, they're developing immunity to all the other viruses at the same time. So, this is your RSV, parainfluenza virus, um, your rhinovirus. Um, so, the antibodies in the system is higher than an, an adult. So, this antibodies protects them from the COVID-19 at the moment. So, it makes them... They, this, this, this group of so children in, in at large has milder symptoms. Okay, okay. I've been wondering about that. I've been wondering exactly how that worked. So uh, I mean, makes them actually lucky at the moment. Yeah, because generally, your 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 littleies are always when you talk about vulnerable groups. They have lower immune systems. Yeah, and it's it's very interesting about um, how they immune system response to the this COVID-19. Hmm. Fascinating. Really interesting. 
Doc, thank you very much for your perspective on this. Uh, I think you've really opened things up for me as well. Um, and yeah, thank you, thank you very much for taking time out of quarantine to teach. <laughs> I know you. I know all you have is time. Uh, but thank you very much for taking your time out to chat to us in the Game Podcast. Thank you very much, Mike. Thank you for this opportunity to chat to everybody. Cool. We appreciate it. Thank you very much, Doc. Thanks, <laughs> we'll Mike. Have you have next a good time. Day. Good.